0: tradition of the great game of football, I'd like to ask you now to stand and remember Gary Speed with a minute's silence. Away goes Speed, he's got a start on them all this time, go on Gary Speed, get one yourself and what a great goal, and Gary Speed's really wrapped things up, but once Kamada had won that ball and cleared it down the field... It never looked like Gary Speed was going to do anything but put it in the net. They're going to line it up for an Everton supporter. It is Speed. It's 1-0. Unbelievable.
1: Part of my job, which I'm really looking forward to, is the group of players that we've got. And they're of an age where we can be together for a long time and improve and grow as a team for a long time. Um, and like I say, I'm looking forward to that
2: challenge, to putting things in place so we can try and be successful with those players. Hello and welcome to the Scottish Football Forum's podcast, with recording taking place following a tragic weekend that brings everything back into perspective. Yeah,
0: it's been a sad weekend for football and... Uh... Kind of the uh, country in general. I think it's sort of touched people further than that as well. And obviously, what I'm referring to is the uh, passing of Gary Speed, who very sadly uh, took his own life on Saturday morning, uh, Saturday night, sort of Sunday morning time. And we were going to just have a, a quick kind of look at that, a kind of little tribute to, to Speed himself, and a discussion over the, what happened, um, as well as our usual review of the SPL games themselves and uh, a look ahead to next week's games. We'll also have a we look at um, the comments by Command Manager Kenny Shields following the Commandant Rangers game about supporters in Scotland and being a real fan.
2: So this week we're joined by a Celtic fan and uh, a member of the, the forum. Hello, John.
1: Hi, Craig. Hi, Laurie. How you doing?
2: Hello. Um, like I'm good. good. Glad
1: to be invited on, thanks.
2: Hi, thanks for coming on. Your Your debut. Yeah. So I thought we'd start off by by discussing the the tragic events at the weekend. Uh, Laurie touched on that, that. Gary Speed took his own life by hanging himself, and well, I think uh, I think we'll all agree that the news was a shock. He was a guy who's only 42 years old, a wife, two kids. He seemed to be seemed to be at the top of his game, really, in terms of managing Wales. Taking them from 117th in the world to 45th in only 10 games. Uh, I've kind of lost for words really after after the news at the weekend.
0: Yeah, I mean it's it was just a, it was a huge shock, and I like the clip at the, the start of the show there. You know that was him speaking about the Wales job, you know, and very positive, and he was bringing them forward, and I think all the players really seemed to take to him. And uh, obviously, like you say there, the the rise through the rankings, they were making progress, won three games in a row. And obviously it's something much deeper than that. I mean, it's it's not really football that I, I imagine it's not football that's made driven into kind of a decision like that. And I think it just shocked everyone. And I, I, I'd have to say, I mean, I knew about speed as a player, kind of his style and hard-working sort of midfielder and the success he'd had at a number of English clubs and how respected he was. But I had no idea just, just how... Much um, respect the kind of the sort of football world um, had for him until after he passed sadly, and it was just the phone-ins and managers, ex-players, current players. He just everyone was devastated, and it was uh, it was actually quite emotional listening to it. It was one of the phone-ins last night, and I had like Robbie Savage on it, and he was kind of breaking down in tears a couple of times. And yeah, yeah. And Gordon Strachan I was on the phone, I think, earlier today, and he they had to cut it short because he kind of. He, it was just too kind of broken about it, and it's just a really, really sort of sad an event. And I think we're kind of speaking about it in the forum. One thing it does do is it kind of reminds us that, kind of, you know, even you know, footballers, celebrities, they are kind of human as well, and they can have problems. And whatever it was, um, we might it might come out, you know, in the next days, weeks, or whatever. I think whatever it was, it just shows, you know, they they can have issues too. So it's it it was it it was kind of quite emotional, and it, I think it's just just a terribly sad sort of day and. It seemed to touch everyone and listening to the tributes to him from even fans phone up, he just seemed like a, kind of a great sort of person who always had time for fans and everyone and just seemed to put a lot into to the game on the park and off the park and it just seems like a, a really sad day and obviously all our thoughts are, are kind of with his family at the moment.
1: Yeah, it's amazing that, um, you know, like someone like that, you'd expect to have an enormous support network, you know, lots of people to can talk to, um, obviously not. Uh, maybe it's such a, a macho world that nobody opens up and uh, talks about their problems, you know. And they bottle them up nuts when they fester and, uh, you know, it leads to all sorts of uh, yeah, situations like that.
2: Yeah, I, think, I think men, I think we do suffer from that, that we can't talk about our feelings and I think that's going to be heightened when you're working in such a, a macho sport such as football. Yeah, It's yeah. not the type of place where... Uh, other than the emotions of of winning a game, it's not really a type of place where you you discuss things like that.
1: Uh, Was was he ever linked with any Scottish teams? I don't think he ever played anywhere in Scotland, did he? Or was he linked?
2: Um, uh, He was Leeds, Everton, Newcastle, Bolton, Sheffield United. That's who he played for. Uh, He played 535 Premier League games. I think there's, there's only two players ahead of him in the record books. David James is one match
0: above him. He was the first player mm-hmm. to reach 500 Premier League games, I understand as well. Obviously, I think uh, Giggs as well surpassed that now, but at the time he was in highest capped outfield player for Wales. I think it was 85, I think I'd read he capped 40, yeah. 44 as captain, so...
2: I think it's Neville Southall's above him, but it's maybe only seven matches. So
0: yeah, but I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously you get, you get these kind of stats, but it was just some of the stories reigning in. It was, it was, it was quite. You know, I was kind of choked up listening to it. It was just fans phoning in saying that they bumped into my pub and he'd buy them a drink and and he would he would just chat to them. And one guy phoned in and said he'd bumped in a bar one time. And then one time at, a, at the ground they'd not managed to get tickets and they saw him outside. And not only did he remember his name, but he went into the changing room. And kind of spoke to all the players until he managed to find a couple of tickets in the in the box. And it was Eric Cantona's spare two tickets in the box. And went out and got them for him wow. and his kid. And just went out his way, you know, went to the changing room for this guy yeah. who he'd met once. And from what I hear, it's just the kind of guy he was. And obviously got distressed, that, you know, we kind of mentioned depression and stuff. We have no idea yet exactly what was behind it. But I think what was I brought up on the forum, you know, regardless of what maybe caused Gary Speed sort of... Uh, awful last decision in his life. I think it was something that maybe we, we do neglect a bit. And I, I brought up Robert Enka from 2009, the, the Germany goalkeeper who was expected to be the number one for the 2010 World Cup. And mm-hmm. tragically, through, well, he stood in front of a train and, and he left a note, so he was committed suicide. And he'd suffered from depression for about six years. And I think I just shows. and I think, it's an, again, people, the reaction from people when I, when I tell them that, I remember were. But, but he's a footballer, he earns lots of money and he's he's got a wife and w- w- why would he, and I think it goes deeper than that though, I think what I sort of say in the forum that problems can go deeper than that, it doesn't matter about wealth and and you know, maybe the traditional view of happiness, you know, it, it, I think it's in, in your mind and if it was it, I, we don't know what it was with Gary Speed but if if any footballer, the likes of Stan Collymore, one of the very kind of open cases, if people like this do suffer from depression, I don't think it matters how much money they earn or how amazing their kind of career might be and I think it can still affect them so I I do think we have to remember and it's I think it's quite poignant as well following a week um, into the inquiry into the the media ethics the way that a lot of the press treat kind of celebrities and such and I think that often we forget that they're they're kind of human as well I think that things can affect them and they do have emotions and, and problems no matter how much money or or limelight they get I was going to maybe just, we've got a few sort of uh, mentions on the forum to Gary Speed as well. JB, obviously a guest on the podcast a few times. He says, uh, obviously shocked to hear the news. One of the great Leeds midfield that won the old First Division along with Batty, Strachan and McAllister. He was also one of the players with most appearances in the Premiership. And that's obviously what we would mentioned there. Breen 77 says, just seen the article on Sky Sports News, saying he was found having hung himself in his home. Tragic and horrendously sad news. just read Michael Owen and Stuart Regan on Twitter saying they both separately seen Gary Speed during the week. He appeared to be doing a decent job with the Wales national side. Cue the rumours that will unfortunately follow regarding reasons for taking his life. RIP Gary Speed. Charlie Boy, terrible, terrible news. Very sad indeed for football when a, when a man does that to himself at that age. Varys, very sad in any walk of life at any age. JHR. Um, very very sad news can hardly believe it watched him on Football Focus yesterday seemed completely normal and I, I, I look back at the show as well and as JHR says there he did he, he seemed quite happy and jovial and didn't see many issues so again it kind of adds to the sort of the shock about it all um, Robert Kelly shocking news he must have been in a really dark place my condolences go to his family rest in peace and uh, grumpy old man adds as well in the Bellamy had to had. I'd asked to be removed from the Liverpool squad, I also given was in tears before the kick-off in the Swansea Villa game, maybe to show that there's more to life than football. I think that it kind of does show that. I think it put everything in perspective yesterday when I was waiting for all the, the games to start. They all kind of seemed a bit sort of a bit meaningless after news like that. And very sad, very sad weekend in terms of that. Um, but I think one person said as well that the way speed would have wanted it was for everyone to get on with the football because it was what he loved doing and it was the main part of his life so Chris as well also who's psycho heart in the forum being on the podcast, he just said on the on Twitter, all I can think is how impressed I was with um, his Wales team against Norway early in the month, he had them playing really well so yeah, they've obviously got to try and search for a new manager now but I'm sure that's not high on the list of priorities at the moment
2: I thought it was touching uh, we played in the clip earlier about the, the minute silence for the, the Swansea game, how uh, yeah. it turned it into a spontaneous minutes applause where he shouts one Gary Speed. I thought that was that uh, that was quite touching.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was. I heard that happen and it was kind of probably the, the one sort of occasional reason that a minute silence can be broken and it can be a, a kind of good thing. But yeah, I think it was it, it was quite fitting. And I think that's what kind of got a given sort of broke down obviously someone who'd been quite close to to Gary Speed. So, yeah, it was uh, emotional all round.
2: So, um, I thought we'd we'd move on to the the SPL games Mm -hmm. of last week and start off with Wednesday's game, which was Celtic against Dunfermline. The Celtic, I think the scoreline suggests they narrowly beat them 2-1, but going by all accounts... Uh, there was nothing narrow about it from what I've seen in the highlights I thought Celtic looked on fire and I, I don't know just bad luck really that allowed Dunfermline to, to maybe snatch that late goal and give them a wee bit of a scare
1: Yeah I mean it maybe just shows you that Celtic aren't out of the wood yet but the first half was 2-0 going on 20-0 and even the first part of the second half wow the number of chances that they missed um and then of course defensive frailties again. All of a sudden, the few of the players get nervous, the whole crowd get nervous, and uh, it could have ended up two each. You know, I mean, I think everybody in the ground was just preparing themselves for two each, and you know. But uh, yeah, luckily they held on at the end. But yeah, a lot of work still to do. It was surprising that they turned it round for for Saturday and and got a convincing uh, result without uh, reply at all. Yeah.
2: You know? So the predictions last week, Laurie, I thought I'd go through them. Mm -hmm. I went for a 3-1, so I was pretty close with that. Mm -hmm. Well done. Laurie, you and Greg went, well, you went for a 4-0 and Greg went for a 3-0. So we all would have received one point in the the predictor. Yep. Moving on to Saturday's games and the first game is Celtic against St Mirren. Well, Celtic won five nil, and John, were you at the game? I was at
1: the game. Aye. I, mean, it, it was much better because e- even you know five minutes to go, you were enjoying it. You know, instead of uh, biting your nails or anything like that, it was good. A couple of really good um, displays. I'm not a, a Samaras fan at all.
2: Um,
0: Who is? Who is? Well, definitely, John's definitely not a fan. Sorry, who is is it? the Celtic fans? I love him, he's brilliant, great entertainment. I support Hart, so I'm not not as meant to like your players.
1: (laughs) Well, that's true, and I think that the the first 15 minutes, I'll give him that, the first 15 minutes he was quite good, Um, you know, he set the tone, you know, he was digging in and trying to win tackles, but after that, to me, he was just ineffectual, I and mean, he spent the last fifteen minutes on the pitch just wanting to get off. And I think he decided the only way he was going to get off is if he got himself booked, which he did, you know. And uh, <laughs> I think um, Lennon thought, "Aye, let's get him, let's get him out of there," you know. It uh, was just it's it's funny the the the, the new boy Declan McGee uh, that scored, I mean everybody was running and jumping on top of him because it was a, and you know. I didn't think Samaras went anywhere near him. I could kind have of sauntered up and clapped him on the back, you know?
2: <laughs> you just don't like Samaras, I John. You <laughs> just don't like him. And
1: possibly it was nothing like that, but it's just through my gold tinted specs that's the way I saw May Maybe he was first to go and congratulate him, but I don't see it that way. That's, you know?
0: that's weird you're saying that because I mean, obviously, I've only I've seen the highlights and heard a, a few bits and read the reports and by all the counts, I kind of. Um, came across Samaras was deemed uh, you know one of the, the best players in the park and it was like he was fantastic and you know God knows where that comes yeah. from but uh was it first goals since May, uh was it something like four he scored in the calendar year so you, you don't get them often so maybe it's just one of his no. one of his rare really great performances. That's right. right. Yeah, I mean it was uh, f- from what I could tell it was Celtic should have destroyed Dunfermline and I think what just happened was they got that sort of third goal early in the second half so then it did kind of calm them down. It did relax them. You know, there was no way St. Mirren were going to get back into it. I mean, St. Mirren, Lennon was very bullish before, confident beforehand. And um, I think St. Mirren dominated for the first two minutes, I hear, when Celtic didn't get a touch (laughs) of the ball. And then Celtic scored and that was all downhill from there. So, yeah, um, the early goal play put Celtic at ease and they managed it for two halves this time. And it's obviously suddenly turned around. I mean, as Lennon quite aptly said afterwards, you don't want to get too confident because when you you manage the old firm, you're always only one result from being a disaster again. But for now, it's Celtic who have the kind of impetus up there and I think they they kind of dedicated the win to Charlie Mulgrew. I know it's another kind of sad mention over the weekend, but I think his father passed away last week. So yeah, so just a wee mention for for Mulgrew and and his dad after that. But good win for Celtic and... Good on the goal difference, you know how tight these things end up being at the end of the season, so it can always help. Looking at the
2: the predictions from last week, I went for a 2-1 victory to Celtic. Laurie, you went for a 3-1, and Greg went for a 3-0. So, one point all round there. Next game up, which I predicted would be a a boring 0-0 and as i've proved many times before i'm no good at this prediction malarkey and the game itself the against aberdeen finished 3-each and it looked like it was a game of the weekend from what i've seen in the highlights i thought it i thought it looked brilliant <laughs>
0: That's just cuz they're both so rubbish i what the, what <laughs> my prediction was 2-2 and what did i say i just they're both so bad at the back that their yep. boundaries both score a few goals and i mean it's like what what's his name uh McGuinness up front, it's like, you know, he was just a rubbish keeper, so he, like, go and play up front to so get you out of the way, and he's, I mean, I know he scored in the end, but it's almost like you put me up front, and if you give me chance after chance over 90 minutes, one of them's bound to go in at some point if I keep kicking it at the goal, and I, I don't know, it just seemed like they're both just god-awful, and yeah, I mean, it was entertaining, I suppose, it gave, it gave goals, and... Don't will be kicking themselves because it looked like they were about to go 4 or 4 1 up at one point. But from what I heard, uh, Aberdeen were kind of baffled that they were finding themselves 3 1 behind. But I mean, it, it, a JB says in the forum, at least we showed a bit of fight to come back and get our first away point of the season. Next two games, also away um, Kamar- against Camarack and St Johnson. So hopefully, we can now get our first away win. Um, wouldn't be overly confident with that. But it, as he says, it did show a bit of fight. Um and uh, Tastic says, phew, that was a close-run thing, and apparently they could have won it at the death, too. And, yep, I saw that Maweney kind of headed wide at the end. So, great entertainment, but from what I saw, I wouldn't say that necessarily means it was uh, great quality.
2: <laughs>
0: You're too critical, Laurie. Goals, goals, goals. Oh, I'm just, I'm just t- t- telling you how I see it. It just... <laughs> t- t- it's entertaining, I suppose. It's more fun than watching that nil-nil draw. I'm just uh, saying that I don't know if it's necessarily because there was two quality teams out there that it was entertaining. Yeah. So the
2: the remaining prediction was Greg. He went for a two-one victory to Aberdeen. So he would have got zero points in the predictor. I
0: think he'll I think he'll give that up to see uh, Bruni drop more points. Don't think he'll be oh,
2: yeah. too much. <laughs> So next game up is Harps against Inverness, hey. which finished 2-1 to Harps, Which uh, I'd like to, I always like to go through the predictions oh, yeah. from the previous weeks. So, uh, oh, I went for 2-1, so I got that one right.
0: <laughs>
2: Laurie, you were you were wrong. You went for 3-1. That's just wrong. Greg, he went, he went for two each. So Laurie, what what did it say in Skatjo's t-shirt? Uh, when he scored
0: I know I I missed it I should really have looked up a picture of it to be honest I missed it and I I did mean to look it up and find out but I don't know I probably said give me a new contract or pay me last week's wages I don't know why always me
2: why always me I could have been or only only God can judge maybe
0: I maybe borrowed Gary's I'm not sure I'll have to check I did mean I'm annoyed I forgot to check because I remember watching when I watched the highlights I was like what did he say on his t-shirt And I kept meaning to go and look up photos and I forgot. But uh, in terms of the game, you know, we scored, you know, just a goal is something uh, positive. And what happened? We played Sutton again and um, got man of the match in a lot of publications I read. He set up the first goal and it was his shot which uh, won the corner for the second goal. And from what I saw in the highlights, from what I, I listened to the commentary of the game, it sounded like we were definitely well-deserving of the points, and Butcher admitted after he said second half, Hearts definitely deserved a win. So, just glad to get a win. I mean, nothing spectacular. Inverness, I, I don't think they're as bad as their league position suggests, but obviously it's a team we should really be beating at Tynecastle, so just hopefully we can kick on. And Scatcho's t-shirt, um, it said Sinky for Hearts. It's um, It was about, a, it was a Hearts fan who, an older Hearts fan who died. He was a very kind of Dedicated Hearts fan. He sadly died, I think, about a year back. So they got a kind of, I think, some sort of foundation charity on the go. So that was what it was for. Just looked it up now.
2: I was also wondering, did he get booked for it? Yeah. But well, after hearing that, I hope not.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I know what you mean. I think he did get booked, but I don't blame the refs. It's it's, it's not really. He has to, doesn't it? He, he, he kind, kind of has to. to down. It seems it does. I mean, I've seen I've seen them not book him at some points. When it's been an emotional kind of tie-in, and I mean, you can imagine if you know, I mean, if one of Gary Speed's ex teammates scores the weekend and pulls up a t-shirt and he's on a yellow card, are they going to send him off? <laughs> Be a brave man who did that, but at the same time, you know, I don't, yeah. I, I don't blame the refs because yeah, it's a stupid rule really, but they've got to kind of abide by the law.
2: Moving on to the Motherwell against Dundee United game, which finished nil-nil. uh Paul Band there. And, well, i went for a 2-0 victory to Motherwell. Laurie, you'd went for a, a 1-1 draw, and Greg had went for a, a 1-0 victory for Motherwell, which, well, it's to be expected if you're a Motherwell
0: fan. So did you watch it, Laurie? I didn't, no. Um, did I watch the highlights? I can't remember. I don't think I did. <laughs> I blame, we will find out, because the next game is the Hibs game, and I just realised that, I didn't watch them. I thought I'd watch the highlights, but it was John Rankin's fault. I fell asleep trying I listened to him on the on the highlights show. I'm I'm not even joking. I I just it sent me to sleep, and I woke up I think for the for the last game, whoever it was, and maybe that was the last game. No, some people just aren't cut out for TV. don't know. (laughs) It's almost as if they've not had an interview. I mean, but it wasn't actually. I think sometimes he had some decent points. I just. I don't know. Maybe I was just tired. No, I didn't um I, I didn't watch I probably wouldn't have watched the highlights anyway to be honest. It didn't sound like the most inspiring game. A wind windswept fur park and little football on offer, I think mainly down to the weather. Um a great tribute to Phil O'Donnell, obviously at the start of the game. Um naming the stand after him and they had that kind of strange yeah, yeah. um artworky thing, which looked quite decent, actually a bit different. So that was a nice tribute to O'Donnell, even if maybe the game itself wasn't. But yeah, I think really it was one of these sort of calls for summer football because it was so, it was (laughs) drichet, Drichit Auer as they like to say up north. So yeah, I think a game cancelled out by the weather, I'll say. And I did see a draw because Motherwell, they don't seem to be as impressive at home. So a point for me, I'll take that. Yep, definitely a point in the predictor. And the next
2: game up is St Johnson against Hibs, which finished 3-1 to St Johnson. And my man Sandaza scored with uh, a lovely 1-2 off the post. Uh, It takes skill to do that. And I'd predicted a 3-0 victory for St. Johnson, so fairly close, but but not close enough for the three points. Laurie, you'd went for a Paul Band, a 0-0. And Greg, he'd went for a a 1-1 draw. Did you manage to stay up late enough to watch this one, Laurie?
0: No, this is the one I fell asleep. I, it
2: was oh, that one John,
0: John Rankin's fault. Yeah, so, well, so, judging from what I hear, <laughs> um, <laughs> Ibs, were, Ibs were pretty rotten. And, yeah, Pat Fenlon, um, I don't think it's really his first game yet. I think he was just fear. Uh, didn't, want to, didn't want to take the flak for a, a rubbish
2: defeat, so he decided to sit in the stands. He said very early on he wasn't going to take charge, which oh, no. you think he'd be wanting to get in there and getting there as soon as possible.
1: Yeah, no, I think that, that was good of him, you know, because, you know, if, if Brown had managed to get a win there, it, it, yeah, it would have been a good send-off for him. He said, he said to keep him on for another week.
0: <laughs> nice <laughs> of him to let Brown take all the, the flag. Well, it seemed odd. <laughs>
1: and he's now but, yeah.
0: but the problem was, before the game, Um, I mean, Brown, I don't know if you heard him, maybe he just sounded absolutely kind of down and out because I th- I, he's actually not lost his job, I think not yet anyway, they've got the two coaches today, no. but not Brown, but he sounded like he thought, that's me, I'm done, I'm out. And he sounded really down before the game, and I was just thinking to myself before the game, I was like, right, you're, you're letting this guy take charge, he f- he obviously feels like he's disappointed he didn't get the job, and he feels like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing now, I've lost this job. Like, Is that the guy who's going to motivate them to, to kind of get, to get the victory? I mean, it yeah. might have not had an effect at all, I mean, big Dave Mackay, Hearts legend, and, Getting a getting a goal from a free kick. Maybe there was no way they were stopping the Saints that day anyway. But it did seem... Oh, a, it was a beauty, the free kick. I was. Oh, it was inch perfect. It was it was almost passed
2: and well, wasn't a shot. It was. not a shot. He ways. was
0: he was passing no. it to the Hibs goalkeeper. <laughs> Boyle 1875 resident Hibs fan on the forum. There's not many. It says that was horrendous. 21 pounds to watch my team beat itself. All credit to St Johnson, but they didn't. Even have to come out of second gear. Hibs were that bad. Good luck, Finland. You're gonna need it. So
2: <laughs>
0: a positive, kind of a positive way there. You're yeah,
2: forgetting it. about the other Hibs fan we've got in the forum, David Malcolm. The,
0: the mysterious. The, the only discussion we have is about how mysterious he
2: is. <laughs> it's never about Hibs. <laughs> oh, see, there's another one that's signed up called David Malcolm. Mm, so I'm not sure if he's oh. if it's the same guy or not. Uh, Multiple accounts. It's another hazy.
0: Another hazy. Well, Frugal Norrie, who's obviously St John's fan on the forum, says, uh, (laughs) let me just, I need to word this right because I can't say, uh, getting sick and tired of the West Coast biased media. Then an interesting expletive I've not heard before. Every time we play, well, it's dismissed as our opponents playing Um, rubbish. I'll say that. Uh, no, actually we're we're quite good just now. It might not last long for the moment, but uh, for the moment, but it's true. Now uh, accept it, he says. I had to carefully remove a couple of words from that. So yeah, and Laurie not happy that St Johnson aren't getting the credit they deserve. And yeah, you got to give St Johnson the credit. I mean, Hibs are rotten, and uh, as Boyle says, they beat themselves most week. But you can only beat what's in front. Of you. I'm doing it, I'm doing it as bad as the West Coast biased media. Sorry, Frugal. Yeah. No, St Johnson are a good team. They beat us, so I can't can of say anything.
2: See, I started off by bigging up Sundaza with one two off the post. You do that every week. I, why why did I not put a bet on him as first scorer? That's what I want to know. That's my mistake. You'll start jinxing him if you do, and he won't score. <laughs> I'm trying to avoid moving on to the the game on Sunday. I Don't know if you've noticed that. Can we just briefly brush over it? And, eh, aye, it's the Sunday's game. Aye. It was killing against Rangers. Don't know how it ended, to be honest. I, I predicted a, a 2 0 victory for Rangers. Laurie, you'd went for <laughs> 4 0 to Rangers, and Greg had went three-one. Uh, you, any, you see
1: it? Uh, yeah, well, I, I saw some of the second half, and I think I, I saw some notes on the internet. And after one hour, there wasn't a single shot in target, so it must have been a poor game.
2: You know? It was. It was. it was passes getting. Uh, misplaced all over the place, eh, particularly by uh eh, Rangers, I don't know, they just, the, the long ball kept getting dealt with. Jelovich, although he was, he was decent overall and he was chasing down balls, he, he seemed very keen. He just, this long ball up, he was always getting beaten to it. And, well, there's a few standout Kille players. I think Sissoko got man of the match and I think it's well deserved. I thought he played a blinder. There's... Harkins, maybe a bit greedy, but I was very impressed with him. I thought he had a few good chances. But yeah, it's difficult. It was a fairly even even match, and you well, know, Aluko, he's going to regret that, not coming off the post. Just sheer laziness, I, well, I guess. And when I seen him with his, with his hand up, pointing at Pascale, oh, my blood boiled.
0: What? I don't know what he was pointing at. Pointing... Oh, he's onside! It was... <laughs> Or who's Markham, I don't know. I mean, the one thing with Luco though, it's a, a bit harsh to blame the whole thing on him. He's not played foo- a football match for a while, and however fit you keep yourself, I think match sharpness will certainly be something you need to get back. So I don't particularly think it was laziness, it was maybe just complacency. You know, he's not played a, a game for a while or not a kind of high-profile sort of match for a while, so a bit complacent. Um, McGregor was, getting really heavily criticised um, by a lot of the pundits and on the radio. Oh yeah, he, he shouldn't have. He shouldn't have done what he did. Um, or not coming out and, and, Well, apparently, yeah. I, I thought it was a bit harsh to degree blaming him for not pushing the keeper out. But from a from a lot of people's point of view, it seems that McGregor was a yet another bad error by McGregor, which they seem to be kind of racking up a bit, I suppose. But yeah, big win for Kelly. Obviously, first time in 17 years. I think it was 1994. They said the last time they'd beaten Rangers. At uh, Rugby Park, and well, title race well and truly back on. I think.
1: Well, it's, ma- it's making it more interesting. I'm not sure. I mean, it more still four points ahead. I
0: know, but still,
1: still <laughs> four, still four points ahead. You know, it's
0: November though. I mean, it's. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: I mean, we've seen eight point leads, like three quarters way through the season, get lost. you we know we've we've seen bigger turn- oh, yeah, we've seen yeah. bigger turnarounds than this, and the way. I mean, the way both the old firm are playing, I suppose, like. I can see either of them getting beat by any team, home or away at the moment. I think that yeah, it's yeah. certainly open. It's just, a, it's just a pity that they're no real standout. I, I know Motherwell have kept up a bit, but they're not. They're kind of, they're maybe the more traditionally, you know, the Dundee United, the Hearts, uh, even, you know, Days gone past the Aberdeen's and Hibs, there's no one really standing out below them. Otherwise, no. you might.
2: Saint Johnston are, are quietly going about their business, so perhaps that's a, a positive for them that nobody's really. They just
0: play rubbish teams uh, all the time.
2: talking about them. They just play rubbish <laughs> teams every week. It's nothing to do with them. <laughs> I think that when people start talking about them as uh, as challengers, like they did with Motherwell, I think that puts the pressure on that the players aren't used to. So, the well, long may it continue for Saint Johnston and. And hopefully they do see them pushing because although I'm a Rangers fan and I do want them to win the league, I do want the, the it to be a healthy SPL. And I think for that to, to happen, I think we do need teams outside the old firm to be pushing, just just so long as they're pushing for second and Rangers get first.
0: <laughs> well, on that note, maybe you're good to move on to the comments Um, talking about the other teams around the old firm and moving on to Kenny Shields' comments after the game about... I think it came about because there was six and a half thousand Rangers fans at Rugby Park and three thousand Kilmarnock fans, and Shields made a point of criticising people who don't support their local team and saying that a lot of people in Kilmarnock and Ayrshire support the old firm and they should obviously support the local team, and it's caused a bit of a bit of um, obviously arguments, differ, difference of opinion among a lot of people, and obviously caused a lot of debate on the forum as well. I think uh, some people. Maybe took offence to it because there are a lot of old firms who obviously aren't necessarily from Glasgow or maybe don't go to as many games as other fans. So I've got a Rangers fan and Celtic fan on here. What are what are your feelings? Are you real supporters?
2: Well, starting with uh, Kenny Shields, I, I thought he was. I thought he came across really well, in the in the studio, often you see players coming in and well, they've been running about for for 90 minutes, and they're a bit too knackered, really, to, to put in their best effort, but I thought Kenny Shields is good.
0: Kenny Shields is the player, he's not
2: running around. <laughs> oh, he's, he's been busy on the touchline. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought his his comments, well, it must be frustrating for him, being the manager of Kilmarnock, and as he said, was it only 3,000 compared to six thousand Rangers fans, and he, was, he mentioned how... The, the come on uh, locals who support their local team are real fans, he called them. And he said the same about Motherwell, St. Johnson, St. Mirren. I don't know. I don't know. It's it's difficult for me because although I support Rangers, I don't come from Glasgow. I come from Stirling. So I guess Kenny would call me, a, he would say I wasn't a real fan. Although but you go to Ibrox every I, week, don't you? Well, I don't. I think you would call me an armchair fan as well. I don't know. I think I think I'm biased because I am who you're talking about really. I think well, well, I, I grew up in a town where uh, the team's pants. They, well, the, the team's rubbish. I've been to see them a few times, and to be honest, it just wasn't it wasn't attractive football. Also, growing up, when I don't come from a family who supported any team really, the football wasn't really in my family so growing up I was shaped by people around me at primary school and so on and the team that that my mates really supported was Rangers so I think when you're when you're really young you you, you go with the, the flow you go with the group and that's really stuck since early primary one really i have supported Rangers so I don't know I don't know I think I think John's a a good example maybe of what you would call a, a real fan
1: yeah, well, I mean, when I was brought up in East Kilbride, so there wasn't an East Kilbride team. Maybe Clyde was the closest um, team. But, I mean, you don't necessarily choose. You know, you don't get to a particular age and then choose who you're going to support. There's various reasons why you do it. But Kenny Shields, who, is it, who's, who should he be complaining about? The fan, the, the Kilmarnock fans that don't go to any football games or the Kilmarnock fans that used to go on to Kilmarnock games and don't go anymore? He'd be better getting at them rather than the... The fans that uh, go to watch Rangers
0: or Celtic. Yeah, I mean that was that was exactly the point I made. I was, I remember it wasn't that long ago that I remember when you know you'd go to Rugby Park and even when the old firm weren't there, you would always be in double figures and over ten thousand. Uh, yeah, or, yeah,
1: absolutely.
0: And even or you know, fifty. It, it was almost I would say, I would relate it to kind of Hearts now kind of attendances. You know, fifteen, sixteen thousand if it's the old firm and maybe you know. 12,000, 13,000 for maybe the lesser teams, I say, with meaning no disrespect to the smaller teams in the league. But, I mean, it's a difficult one because uh, sometimes, I mean, I've, again, I've, I'm not someone who's grown up in Edinburgh. I take it from my, my, my dad. He And he, he never forced it on me. It was just something that kind of came naturally. I was born south of Edinburgh. I was born down Dumfries kind of way. So I suppose in that sense, I should support Queen of the South. But then I grew up kind of Aberdeenshire, so I think the nearest team was maybe Montrose. So I should really support one of those. But when I got when I eventually got into football, it, it kind of naturally came that I supported Hearts. It just came from my dad, my dad supporting them. But I do have to confess, I have an unnatural hatred for Manchester United and it is mainly because I grew up with loads of people who apparently support Man United and they're all over the world and I just think it's kind of created this sort of soulless club. So I I do have that sort of feeling. But in terms of the old firm, I mean what what can you do? Are you are you gonna blame people for the team they, they pick and support? Are we gonna rank people in terms of supporting? I mean, I go to Hearts games. I don't go as many as I used to. I don't have a season ticket right now. I know Hearts supporters who have gone to every game home and away, every pre-season game for for decades now. So obviously, are they more a fan than me? Am I maybe a part fan than this parts fans I don't know who don't go at all anymore? It, you then get into a sort of ranking of how good a supporter you are. If someone wants to pick a team, then they're going to pick a team. What I think you should concentrate on is trying to make a club attractive and trying to figure out how you attract fans to your team. Um, rather than exactly. rather than he's, he's, yeah. rather than more at once, I mean, because you're not going, well, you're not what what these things can happen. These Rangers supporters who live in Ayrshire are suddenly going to go, ah, you know what? He's got a point. I'm going to start supporting. It's it's yeah. it's it's futile. I mean, what you should do yeah. is concentrate on trying to get the younger fans or get the fans who don't go anymore, get them back in, get the younger fans who haven't picked a team yet to support them. There's no point in having a go at fans who don't support, as he says, their their local team because what is what is your local team anyway? I mean there's lots of reasons for teams you support whether it's your friend your family where you grow up and as much as like i say i am I'm, I'm gonna kind of <laughs> be a bit of bit of a hypocrite because i've just said that i have this strong dislike for man united because of that kind of angle of it but i think to to have a go specifically in that way it, it, especially from a football manager and i've kind of a press conference in an interview it just seems bizarre because I don't know what it's gonna kind of What's going to achieve, really? I think there's more ways you should really concentrate on trying to encourage fans back in. And and as John kind of mentioned, question why all these fans aren't attending games anymore—the ones that used to go. Yep.
1: I mean, if 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 it was to beat Celtic and Rangers, if if the team was to beat Celtic and Rangers more often, then you'd get you'd get the mark. Get a winning team in the park, they'll come and watch.
2: Exactly. Yep. Yeah. yep. So I thought we'd move on to look at the upcoming SPL games. And the first game up that's coming up is a Friday night football again. And it's Motherwell against Hibs. I think I'm going to go for a Motherwell victory for this one. I think the Hibs are going to draw a blank, even though it'll be Pat Fenland's first official game anyway. So I think I'm going to go for 3-0 to Motherwell.
0: I don't think it'll be... Um, a game like that, you know the way it works, I, I don't always know why, you know, the same group of players who were rotten suddenly turn it on and you wonder, well why didn't you do that for the last manager, you're the same player, but it doesn't seem to change the fact that it happens, so I think there will be a reaction from Hibs as there always is in these situations, um, although actually I seem to remember when Colin Caldwood took over they got pumped by Aberdeen, so maybe not always, I'm going to go 1-1 Motherwell. They don't always turn on at home. Bit of a reaction from Hibs. I think it'll be one-one in a uh, maybe a, a false sense of optimism from the Hibs fans that it's
1: all going to be okay this time. Yep. Well, I'll, I'll go for three-one to Motherwell. I mean, they're they're at home and I think uh, I think they're playing really well. Yep.
2: So the next game up on the, the Saturday now is Hearts against St Johnson, which is going to be a, a tasty encounter. Is it? Because. Well, yeah, I think so, because I was touched on St johnson uh, pushing for third spot I don't think I don't think they they will split the old firm, but I think they they will push motherwell for third spot, and hearts are gonna start thinking that they maybe should be up there pushing as well. I think hearts are gonna take advantage the the home advantage, and I think they're gonna still win this one one nil, but I think it's gonna be a close game, so one nil.
0: Two 0 you know, St Johnston only really win when they when they play rubbish teams, as I've said, so um they're not playing a <laughs> they're not playing a rubbish team. Well, they're playing a average team and we're at home, so we're usually not that bad. Um yeah, I'm gonna go two 0 hard. So we do need to get the act together. We we should we should be up there with the kind of players we've got. We've had the, obviously the turmoil, so it's a bit bit up and down and you know, as as we struggle for goals I did notice uh, we send three players out on loan to Wraith Rovers and every one of them get on the score sheet <laughs> in their, at the game at the weekend. So maybe we've got the wrong players playing sometimes. But yeah, 2-0 Hearts. But I do think it'll be close. Um, I don't think there'll be many goals in it anyway. So I'm going to go 2-0. I've got to, don't I? Come on, I've got to have some sort of hope. Yep.
1: Yep. Well, just a bit. um I'll, I'll go for 2-1. Two, 2-1 one. Two, one to Hearts. St Johnson, I think, will start to go, go back. We'll start to drop down the, the league a bit, I think. Um, Yep, this be this, this the weekend to start.
2: The next game up is Kilmarnock against Aberdeen. And following the, the victory against Rangers, Kenny Shields says that he told his players that the, the win was, was pointless if they didn't come out and get a result against Aberdeen. So I think he's going to have them really fired up for this one. Uh, add, to the, add to that that Aberdeen are rubbish, so I'm going to go for a 3-0 victory to Kilmarnock.
0: I'm going to be quite kind to Aberdeen here. I'm going to go uh, 3-1 Kilmarnock. <laughs> yeah, the, the super goalie comes striker will uh, sclaff his 10th shot and eventually it'll roll in somewhere along the line. Yeah, I think Kilmarnock, they'll take a lot from the game against Rangers, especially considering they got absolutely demolished quite recently at home against Killett, against Inverness rather yeah. so yeah I think they went 3-1 but they I think they do look weak at the back and obviously it's a well, well well and good keeping a clean sheet against Rangers I mean, but this is Aberdeen so they're bound to grab one come on Nick three Aberdeen one
1: <laughs> yep well I'm going to go after I think I'm going to go uh, 4-0 Aberdeen 4-0.
2: yep
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely uh, I think uh, Aberdeen are definitely on the relegation zone there and uh, the sooner uh, old Pa Brun gets out there the better I think so yeah full nil the cool monarch
2: There's not a lot of love for, for Brune on the podcast <laughs> with Greg and now
1: you <laughs> I, I, I mean I, I've never uh, obviously he's never been involved with Celtic but to me he's just a mercenary you know About from team to team, team to team. You know, he's got no real loyalty that I can see for any team. Um, He's he's probably very professional for the team that he's actually uh, managing at the time, but nah, 4 0.
2: So the next game up is Rangers against Dunfermline, which I can't see Dunfermline getting anything from this match, but Rangers, the way they've played, they're just lacking uh, creativity, they're they're lacking pace in in their play. So I think I'm going to go for a 2-0 a victory to Rangers. Because I think that they're overall they're, they're much stronger than Dunfermline. But I just can't see where the goals are going to come from. I think that Lafferty may be missing with his back spasm. Uh, Aluko, he looked he looked like he could score at the weekend there. So he might pop up. But yeah, I think they're going to struggle for goals despite dominating this one. 2-0 Rangers for me.
0: Yeah, I'm going to go the same. Again, pretty much as you say, I don't think it'll be spectacular from Rangers, but I, I mean I did say this about the game against St. Mirren a few weeks ago and they ended up dropping points, but I think they should have too much for Dunfermline. I, I mean they've still got Yelovich and I mean you say you wonder where goals are gonna come from, but you know, he's easily surely the best surely the best striker in the league. And in terms of Yeah,
1: he is the best striker in the league, but if, if he's taken throw ins, he's not in the ball. <laughs> I noticed
0: that. I know. <laughs> it wasn't like he's a Robbie Nielsen either or anything. I mean, it was alright throw, oh, yeah. but it wasn't anything spectacular. Must be some sort his run-ups of... are good for
2: his throws. Oh, he waddles up for it.
0: <laughs> but yeah, two um And I, I do think that Aluko, I thought it was a bit harsh on him that he got. Obviously, he did make an error for the goal, but I thought other than that, he actually looked one of Rangers' more dangerous players. And considering he's just kind of paid all that money out, you know, we've got to give him a bit of time. <laughs> he got to get a game after he spent all that money to, to sign himself. How does that work? Okay, I'm
1: going to sign That's
0: Are Rangers that skin that players have to pay their own transfer fees? I mean, God, Hearts can't pay their players and Rangers can't pay their players transfer fees. What? What's come, has it really come to this?
2: McCoy says it's, uh, it's becoming common practice that they contribute at least something.
0: <laughs> shows the
2: faith. It's not something I've
0: heard of. Shows the but... faith Rangers having him. Right, we want to sign you, but there's no danger of paying you. You want to pay it? <laughs> I will. Pay, we'll pay your wage, and if you play, if you, if we, if you play the whole season, you might end up getting your money back. Right, okay, seems nice. Anyway, well, I'm, score, I, John.
1: I, I think, yeah, well, I, th- I think Rangers will win, but I think it might just be even narrower than you're suggesting. I'll go for one nil. The weather will be horrendous at the weekend, which is always a leveler. The yeah. pitch will be wet, probably still windy, it might even be a wee bit snow in the oh, snow in the pitch. So yeah, one 0 range
0: of it. throw-in will drift in at the back. <laughs> <laughs> that's right So
1: that's
2: one 0 from the weatherman. Yeah.
0: Controversy yeah. or not he went in. Do you know have you ever seen a goal from a throw in before, directly in one or... is, is it allowed
2: No, it's, it's, not, not, allowed. it's not allowed. I've it's seen end, it
0: before so. I've seen it but yeah, like a call back. Livingston did it. It against us at Tynecastle and there was a big kind of hoo-ha about it because they said that Gordon touched the ball and he kinda of went for it and then he pulled the stand away a bit. And it, it was hard to tell if he touched it or not because obviously it was just a reaction as a goalie. The ball came all the way through and bounced up, and he kind of, but he kind of pulled it away enough to let it go in. So you never know. Maybe we'll get a a, a Yelovich throw and it'll have a wee nick, and that'll be a spectacular one 0 okay. victory. I'll see what the odds are on a Yelovich throw in to take a nick in.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Excuse <Very laughs> me, that one. <laughs> 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 so the next game up
2: is St Mirren against Inverness. And I touched on the fact that Inverness seem to be playing a lot better than the their league standing suggests, but I still think that St Mirren will be have too much for them in this one. I'm going to go for a two-one victory to St Mirren.
0: Yeah, it's a difficult one to call, really. Um, we keep saying every week the results will come for Inverness. You know, they'll, they're just not getting the luck. But at some point, I think, at some point, they've got to start getting the. The luck, don't they? They've got to start making their own luck Is I think they, what people like to say St Mirren I can't call it, I'm going to go I'm going to go 2-2 because it's a difficult one to call
1: mm. Yeah, I think you're right but, uh, no, St Mirren at home, playing really well I, 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 Yeah, I'll go 2-0 2-0, 2-0 St
2: Murnail. And on the, the Sunday is the big game of the weekend, I think Apart from the Hearts St Johnson, I think Dundee United against Celtic and well Dundee United historically they're very good at at Tanadice, but this season they've they've really failed to impress. But I think they did lose a few players in the summer, so we'll let them off for that. Celtic, I think they're gonna be confidence sky high after the five the 0 drop at the weekend here and also the fact that they've brought the the league down to four points so they're going to have a a strong belief that they can come back and challenge for the title so I think I'm going to go for a a heavy victory for Celtic here I'm going to go for
0: 3-1 Yeah, I I was at Tanadice the other week and by all accounts Hearts kind of dominated most of the game which is very odd considering we're pretty pants away from home and it was kind of done you know, you played it like a almost like an away match and I think they're the one of the lowest in fact only Motherwell have scored less goals than them at home it's bizarre when you think Motherwell are Motherwell on the table but yeah they've, they've only scored seven at home and yeah as much as Celtic are dodgy at the back I'm going to go for them to keep a clean sheet which I know is quite bold and I'm going to say 2-0 Celtic
1: 2-0 wow that's good um well, I, I don't think Celtic have been playing that well when they've come back from a from a European game. Okay, they're playing at home, but uh, still, it's it's a tough it's a tough game to play Atletico Madrid, and then a few years a few few days later to be playing Dundee United up there at holidays. Mm, I'll go for I'll go for two one to Celtic because I think they're still I, I still think that uh, they'll lose goals, you know. I think they'll
0: win. I totally forgot about the European game. <laughs> I did. Yeah. No, yeah, that, Laurie, that I could hadn't be significant,
1: forgotten. Could be a significant factor, you know.
2: It's on my um, list, Laurie. I hadn't forgotten. Oh, it, well. You know,
1: there can be injured. <laughs>
2: yeah. I'll just play the reserves. It's only Atletico Madrid. Just play at the reserves.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> so that that uh, takes us nicely on to the, the midweek game on a, a Wednesday night. It's almost like, uh, as if it's a Champions League game.
0: Maybe
2: they're trying
0: to accept
2: it. Six o'clock. Six Six o'clock. How are you going to make that, John?
0: Uh,
1: Not too bad. Um, Yeah, I I think I don't think that'll be too difficult. (laughs) I don't don't stay too far away from the ground, so I can get there fairly quickly.
2: Oh, so for my prediction for this one, I think it's a difficult one because I think Celtic have improved a lot since they, they started the group, but. This is Atletico Madrid we're talking about here. I think they're still going to have too much for Celtic, but I think it's going to be a close one. I think it's going to be 2-1 to Atletico.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. Atletico Madrid. I'm, I'm, I'm unprepared for a prediction on this game. I don't know their form, other than the fact they're going to beat 4-1 by Real at the weekend. But um, yeah. Atletico haven't beaten Real Madrid, Real Madrid since... Uh, 1999 and Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank still played for them, so that's kind of a given that you'll get beat by Real Madrid, isn't
2: it?
0: Uh, (laughs) It's a bit of a come down, isn't it? I mean, you go to the burnabout to face Ronaldo and then you park head to face Samaras. (laughs) It's a bit of a comparison there, isn't it? Uh, I I, I don't know. 3-1 Atletico Madrid. It's it's the Europa League. to, To be honest, I don't know how much Celtic even care about it I think they've got that much focus and that much requirement on the league that I think it's kind of taken a back seat as much as it's European competition it's been a bit of a joke this year especially with all the the nonsense about around FCC on so I don't think it'll be a disastrous kind of night but Atletico Madrid have you know spending more than £30 million on individual players it's just a sort of different kind of ball game so 3-1 Atletico Madrid
1: (sighs) I, th- I think it'll be a draw. I think one each will be. A, I, I know it's not a good result for Celtic because I think they have to win to to stay in the group. Mm. Um, I, you know, although it might be seen as a diversion to the to the league, every player wants to play against Europe, and you've got people like Samaras and a few other players that that see the old firm, see playing for Celtic certainly as a, as a stepping stone. So they'll definitely be want to to play in Europe, and play well. So I, I fully expect. I could, I could show from Celtic, but yeah, against a team like that, maybe just one each. They might, they might nick it and, and get two one, but uh, yeah, I think one each would be a fair result.
0: Samaras is taking backwards steps, is he not? He was in the Premier League at City and Celtic. Like it's he not exactly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what, 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 what's his
2: stepping stone to now? Well, City weren't the the club they were back then, were they? Ah, he he left long before the. Aye, ah, yeah, He was, he he was
1: never really established in the team there, was
2: he? So that's just done for the, the predictions. I thought I'd bring up the, the Paul Band charity bet uh-huh. and mention last week's bet, which was £5 on Dundee against Falkirk, finishing 0-0. And after eight minutes, Dundee went ahead. I think they might even have went 2-0 ahead after 11. And the game itself finished with six goals. So... It was very wrong. But fair play to Paul. He's he's still up, if you like, over the, the course of the, the charity bets. But unfortunately, I couldn't get in touch with him this week. So you're going to have to trust me for this one. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. My, uh, see, my history shown I'm not too good at this. <laughs> so I've decided I moved away from the SPL. You might have noticed I didn't do any Paul bands in the SPL
1: mm-hmm. this
2: coming weekend. And I went down to Division 3, and I have went for Queen's Park versus Peterhead, and I'm going to go for them. For what's your reasoning? no no What's your reasoning? What's, what's my reasoning? Well, I did do quite a lot of research into this. Uh, I spoke to John about the, the weather for the coming weekend. <laughs> they told me that it's maybe going to be snowing. Certainly <laughs> on Peterhead it is, anyway. <laughs> is that nil-nil weather, is it? It's
1: so, and that's
2: nil-nil weather, John. Tell me. See so, yeah, it. And both teams drew a blank in the last game, so that was enough for me. Nil-nil. That's how you pick. Queens league. Park Peterhead. Well, we'll see. We'll see come Saturday, Laurie.
0: And uh, me being um, as brilliant as I am, I've got odds for you for that. 12s you'll get. Twelve to one. Is your best best odds for that. All so right. It's, uh-huh. it's, uh, it's not a bad one. Not, not bad. bad. Huh? We'll see. We'll we'll have. We'll, I'll have some uh, faith in you. However. Naive it might be. <laughs> yep, it is unlikely,
2: but, but well, it's worth it's worth a try for charity, especially a at those odds. It's worth a Aye, so I thought we would have a quick look at the the Scottish Cup draw for the the fourth round. Took place. There's I won't go through the full draw, but there was a, a few ties that, that stand out. Uh, the the old firm taking on Rangers, taking on Arbroath, Celtic against Peterhead. Both of those ties away from home. So I think that that's that's what the cup's all about. I'm hoping that well, I'm hoping that Peterhead get a result against Celtic. <laughs> maybe maybe our both can get a draw and take it to a replay. Uh, but I think the the big tie really is Hearts against Auchinleck Talbot. Is it a once in a lifetime game if you like for the, the Talbot players? A Roy of the Rovers,
0: uh, one of the one of these type of games, is it the sort of the footballers coming up against the Giants. Is it that big a game really? Is it? I I I think so. I think
1: Oh, it's a big game for, oh, for all of sure. them.
0: But... <laughs> no, yeah, it's it's interesting. It's I always want a kinda of interesting draw in these things. I, I usually prefer a, I always want an away draw against a team that I don't often get to see because, you know, in the SPL we get, you know, two, three, four trips a season cups and league get the same places and the next season it's the same places. So I fancied somewhere different, but obviously it's at home. Um well, yeah, it's, it's a good day. I just hope we get a bit more out. I know what the Hearts fans tend to be like and for these cup games, which eh, probably won't be included in most people's season tickets, it's unfortunately often tend to be a bit of a poor turnout. So hopefully a few will, will come out just for the sake of Ock and Talbot. And you know, they've got nothing to lose. All the pressure's on us. You know, no matter what really happens, it's not going to be... It's just, it's a good day out for them and you never know. You never know. It's an interesting an interesting game. So I might try and go along and and hopefully see a couple of goals. And maybe the Hearts players of the future, so I presume we'll give a few players a run out.
1: Yeah, well, I like don't have scored a few goals on the route to get there anyway, haven't they? I think, uh, I think they've had a couple of high-scoring games.
0: By all accounts, yeah. they're as much of a challenge as third, even maybe second division, you know, because it's, it's, it's the pyramid system in Scotland is obviously kind of rubbish, so you never really get... A good reflection of these some of these teams in junior football, some Highland League. I think they could easily turn over a lot of third division, and they do turn over a lot of third. Yeah. And I would, you know, I think first division is obviously a bigger step up, but a lot of the second division and third division, I wouldn't say there's a huge difference probably from what I, what I've seen and heard and read. Also I don't get to see them on a regular basis, so it'll be interesting. And it's a good day out. I think there should be more of these sort of ties because it's good for these teams to get a, even if it only ends up being eight thousand or something it turn out at Tyne Castle. you know, that's still a decent kind of payout for those for the, those type of teams. So Yeah, yeah it's, it's a good draw, I think, all round. And obviously we want to get to the next round, so hopefully we will. I mean, it's football so anything can happen, but I think it would certainly send shockwaves through Scottish football if if Ocken Leg got a result there, so Definitely. Pressure on us.
2: Yep. Any other ties in that that catch your eye? <laughs> most other games i deliver? Yeah, no. I'm not Nah, no there's I suppose Motherwell against Queen's Park was another one I, I thought Queen's Colin Park Cameron, for that one Colin
0: Cameron taking his Cowdenbeath side to, to face the the hobos yeah, so uh, yep. I shouldn't say that yep. word actually what? it's not very politically correct anymore is it um, <laughs> so yeah that'll be that'll be an interesting one I, I can't decide who I'll support in that one but not <laughs> <laughs> so it ties us at the 8th and 9th of
2: January
1: 7th uh, and 8th. 7th and
2: 8th, right. Yep, yep. So uh, that brings us to the, the end of the podcast then. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- thanks for coming on, John.
1: No, it was, it was good. I'll enjoy it. I'll do a wee bit more homework next time. I'll contribute a bit a bit more.
2: Uh, it was good to get a, a Celtic fan on again to get a wee bit of balance with, with my
0: bias. E- equal opportunities <laughs> and all
1: that. Exactly. We've got
0: to, we're required to by Ofcom. We don't want to, but we have to, we, have to get, we have to get at least one Celtic fan on every month. It's quite... Oh, I think
1: some of the minorities <laughs> on, do you?
0: Well, no, we, get, we get a call, the conspiracy claims come out if we don't, so it's, it's just it's part of the agreement, unfortunately. Can't of help.
2: Uh, we, need, we need to get some more Hibs fans on.
0: They're all Easter Road. <laughs> each, each week, they don't have time. Fill in the seats. <laughs>
2: Right, but thanks once again, Laurie, for for being the co-host for this evening. No problem at all. And well, good luck to to my charity bet, the the Paul Band charity bet, Queen's Park against Peterhead. Hopefully, it finishes 0-0.
0: Fingers crossed. And a a final a final word just to say again, our thoughts are with the again kind a of family of Gary Speed, and but everyone remembers a kind of a great player. And uh, we'll just kind of finish off with that, I think. Yep. Cheers. Bye. Okay. Bye. See then. Bye. Bye.